You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. I've got a short message, but it's going to change your life. The truth is, everybody makes mistakes. The good news is that even when you make a mistake, a mistake is correctable. A mistake can be fixed. Things can be changed and turned around. We live in a world where people are under so much pressure, pushing them in a direction to make more mistakes than ever before. Just driving to Joburg yesterday, my son had to go play rugby, so I took him through. Just seeing how people behave on the road. I hope you're not one of those. Just seeing how people behave on the road. And I'm thinking, mature people, some of them may be Christians, surrendering their emotions to a car that cannot even hug them, cannot even encourage them. Broken things in the hands of God becomes useful. That's why Jesus Christ came. The book of Jeremiah, the message translation, says there, God put me back together again. Many of us have been broken, but God has made us whole. And something that is broken in the hands of God becomes useful. God has designed us, made us in His own image in likeness. In our hearts, all of us are made to be like God. And Jesus is a problem solver. In a world where people are facing so many challenges, we shouldn't be causing more trouble, more problems. But we should be a problem solver. Jesus Christ was a problem solver. That Christ lives on the inside of you. He's empowered you to be a problem solver. He's placed gifts on the inside of you so that you can help people. That which God has given you might not be useful to everybody. But there's some people that need your gift. Maybe it's just a smile. You know, sometimes a smile can solve a problem. Family, when you are facing a challenge, difficulties being thrown at you, maybe a car driving right at you, stay calm. God is in control. God is aware of every situation. You are a problem solver. Stay calm in that situation. God will bring the solution. When you find yourself in a difficult situation, there will be a, a force from heaven that will direct you in the right direction. Where there's a big gap, God will show you how you build the bridge so that you can cross over. Don't start to panic. The greatest problem solver lives on the inside of you. God has given you gifts, strengths, for a specific reason to be a problem solver, to help people. Not everybody will need your gift. But there's somebody out there that needs your gift. Now ask yourself, what is it that God has given me? What is it that God has given me? And how am I using it to help others? Or am I just using it for myself? Don't let something frustrate you the whole time. Amen? When you have an assignment, stay focused on that assignment, what God has called you. There will always be distractions around you that wants to take you away from what you're supposed to do. Amen? Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter 4 verse 10. 
If you can discover the gift that God has given you to bless other people, you are blessed already. 1 Peter 4 verse 10. Every believer has received grace gifts. So use them to serve one another as faithful stewards of the many-colored tapestry of God's grace. For example, if you have a speaking gift, speak as though God was speaking His words through you. If you have the gift of serving, do it passionately with the strength God gives you, so that in everything God alone will be glorified through Jesus Christ. For to Him belong the power and the glory forever throughout all ages. Amen. Your gift may not be needed by everybody, but somebody needs your gift. And when you discover what your gift is, you should use it to help people. The truth is, the way that God has designed it, in His Word, what you make happen for other people, God will make those things happen for you. What you make happen for other people, God will make those things happen for you. If you need things to change in your life, Find people who need those things change in their own lives and start praying for them or helping them in that area and you'll see what will happen. That's how God works. The key is, when you make things happen, do it with a happy heart. Many people say, oh, now I must help this person again. Mm. If you're gnashing your teeth, don't do it. Whatever you do, do it with a happy heart, a rejoicing heart heart not grudgingly not of necessity but because you want to amen in discovering your gift one of the most important things is to know who you're supposed to help discovering that we live in a society today where everybody is living for themselves one thing's done for themselves but the truth is when you help other people when you become a problem solver, problems in your own life will be solved. Once the pain and the hurt of others begin to matter, you're at that place where you begin to be successful in life. Because before that, it's just about yourself. But we are blessed to be a blessing. We are saved to save others. When the hurts of other people start to matter, become successful remember jesus he could feel the pain lazarus was dead could feel the pain bible even said jesus wept why he could feel their pain jesus is aware of your pain he's designed everything to be linked to each other Nothing can function on its own. If you think you can function on your own, you're making the biggest mistake. A matter of fact, a person that isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all wise judgment. Proverbs 18 verse 1. But we are here to help one another. I have strengths, you have strengths. If one person could do everything, there would be no need for others. And that person be able to boast and say, I do everything. But you cannot do everything. So we should use our strength to strengthen our brother. Because we are not equally gifted. 
So when you can discover a need or a problem, and you have the ability to solve it and you don't do it, you're actually sinning. The Bible says, he who knows to do good and does not do it, he sins. Dealing now here with the living Jesus, not religion. Now you're very quiet. Yes. Be a problem solver. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 9, please. One thing I've learned in all my life as a pastor is that people want to change. People want to change, but they often don't know how to change. The, the alcoholic really wants to stop drinking, but he just doesn't know how to stop drinking. The person with the temper, the anger, he wants to change, but somehow, sometimes they don't know how to change. But when you know your gift, you can use your strength to help people. Then you become the solution to somebody's problem. But when you don't know your own strengths, the gift that God has given you, and you don't see yourself as a problem solver. You just think people should solve my problems. Then you say, if that uncle can just open a door for me. If that friend of mine can just speak to that person, I will get the contract. And you think the whole time if other people would just do something for me, my problems would be solved. So you never have to change because it's always other people that should do things for you. But God has blessed the work of your own hands. You are a problem solver. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace. So that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. What you make happen for others, God will make those things happen for you. But when you make it happen for people, do it with a happy heart. Never ever give anything grudgingly. Don't even give your tithe grudgingly. Don't give anything grudgingly. Give it with a happy heart. Because if you're not giving it with a happy heart, you're not giving it out of love in any case. You're not giving it out of faith. And when it's not out of faith, it's sin. So why do you want to give in sin? That's why many people say, I've been giving, but nothing has changed. God said he would do it, but he's not doing it. But are you doing it in the right way? Because if you're not doing it in the right way, you're not doing it. If we now say, okay, every day, when you come to church, greet somebody with a happy heart. Greet. But now I'm offended with this brother. So now I come in, I see the pastors watching me. Now I go, hello. Hello, brother. Am I really greeting him? I'm not greeting him. Yes, I'm going through the motions, but there's nothing. There's no love. There's no sincerity. Now I'm angry with him as well. Oh, I'm greeting everybody and nobody's greeting me. Hello. How are you? So good to see you. Bless you. There's no realness in that. 
But when you do it with humility and sincerity of heart, there's a blessing in that. Now the smile that he needs will be a blessing. Say, good morning, how are you? Bless you, my brother. And you can see it's real. But we've become so religious. God sees right into your heart. You're not leading the way. You are in the way when you have that kind of an attitude. The gospel is called the way. But sometimes we are in the way with what God wants to do. If you give, do it with a happy heart or don't give at all. Leave it. I know some people say, no, no, don't stop giving. Just give, give, give. God will sort out your heart later. No, first sort out your heart and then you give. Amen. When you know what your strength is and you know what God has called you for, it becomes easy. Let me tell you something. Even in a church, find out what is your gift. Because when you know what your gift is, it's easy to use it. Know who you should use and who you should help. Who, you sh who that gift is that will be useful for. Ruth knew that she was called to Naomi. Her serving gift, her gift to support, was not for everybody, but it was for Naomi. And that pleased God. It became part of her testimony. She was called to an individual to help that individual. When you know who you are called for, to do becomes easy. Turn with me your Bibles to the book of Ruth quickly. Let me just show you. And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth, and have come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work, and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. She was a blessing to her mother-in-law. Or a mother in grace. Rather call it mother in grace. Amen. When the law came, sin revived and I died. But where there's grace and grace abounds, things just get better. Amen. You better start changing your confession about your relatives. Mother in grace. When last were you a blessing to your mother in grace? She was a blessing to her mother-in-law. And what she made happen for her, God made those things happen for her. As I was reading Ruth, I was reading something where God really ministered to me at a stage that really changed my life. And I want to help some of you this morning. Boaz is a type of Jesus Christ. We know Naomi is a type of the Holy Spirit and Ruth is a type of the church. God's children. Very interesting here. Boaz gives instruction to his servants to drop hands full where Ruth is walking. So where she's walking, she's picking up hands full. She thinks it's normal just to experience this kind of a blessing. But she's picking up hands full. When she gets home, her mother-in-law says to her, where were you today? She says, why? She says, what you've picked up is not normal. It's a tremendous blessing. She says, I was in Boaz's field. Naomi says to her, I want to give you some advice. Don't be seen in another man's field. Go there and pick up there. 
I said, God, what are you saying to me? God spoke to me. And if you know, I've known me over the past 15 years. You don't see me in many churches. Because God spoke to me and he said to me, as a pastor, and even people as Christians, you can go to many different fields, many different conferences, Bible studies, seminars, prophets, apostles, apostle prophets, whatever you want to call them. And you can go and pick up seed there. And it will be a blessing. But where are you picking up your hands full? It says to me, stay there. Don't be seen in another man's field. And I said, Lord, thank you for this revelation. It's going to make my life simple. And if you look at me, you'll see over the past few years, I've been very constant where, where I pick up my hands full. Because where I pick up hands full, I can give you hands full. Many of you are confusing yourself running after conference to conference, seminar to seminar, church to church. You're not a pot plant. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. Pot plants become nice plants. Put them in the sun, put them in the shade, put them in the rain. And they're nice, but they're never strong. Some of you must make a decision where God has planted you. Go find that where you find your hands full and stay there. Will there be storms there? Yes, there's even more storms because now you're directly in the sun. You're directly in the hail. You are directly in the thunderstorm and the hard rain. But you'll be strong and you'll flourish. So when you find out who you are called to, it becomes easier. So you have to know, am I called to a person or am I called to a people? Moses was called to a people where Aaron was called to Moses. So the blessing was for Aaron to support Moses, but Moses again had his assignment to the people. As a pastor, I don't need 20 men around me that are called to a people because they want to go there and just plant churches. I can support them. I need people around me that are called to me to help and assist me in the vision that God has given us. There's the blessing. Amen? God will always call a man and then build around him. But then when you're called to a people, you know what you have to do. The problem is many times people that are called to a person think they are called to a people. Sometimes people, I've mentioned earlier that I'm looking for a plumber. Let's use plumbing. Sometimes somebody can be a plumber. And he can work in a company for somebody called to a person. And he can earn three times what he would if he was working for himself because he doesn't have the grace to be called to the people. But now he says, I want to do it. Now he has his own bucky and he does his own thing. And he earns 5,000 rand where he could have earned 20,000 rand if he worked for a person where he would have the grace. He's good in doing the work, but he doesn't have the people skills to work with the people. Many times people sit in businesses and they help a man because they are called to help that person. Then after a while they think, I'm the one making the things happen. No, no, no. Things are happening because you know what your strength is and you're doing, walking in the calling, helping the person. But then that person thinks, 
I'm the one making it happen. I'm going to do my own thing. And they go and it just collapse. Know your strength and know how you are called. If you know that, it will be easier for you. Exodus 3 verse 9. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses was called to a people. Exodus 4 verse 14. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. And look, he is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth. And I will teach you what you shall do. Moses and Aaron discovered their assignment. When you know your assignment, it becomes easy. Now you can be a problem solver. Maybe you're looking at yourself and you're saying, I cannot be a problem solver. Family, listen to me. The Word of God solves problems. In God's Word, there's healing. So somebody that's sick can experience healing. In God's Word, there's deliverance. In God's Word, there's breakthrough. So if you want to become a better problem solver, read the Word of God. Because you'll find solutions to your own problems in the Word of God. But you'll also become a better problem solver. Because when... You study God's word, you'll see that you are one with God's word. Jesus called himself, says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Can you see how closely you are linked to God? He is the vine, you are the branches. You are being fed by that root of righteousness. When God is your source, you cannot fail. A matter of fact, when God looks at you, he sees success. Even if you're facing a problem, he sees the solution. Jesus Christ is the solution to all fundamental problems. In the day and age now where people are under tremendous pressure, facing difficulties, be a problem solver. Amen? That's the only time when you become successful. That which you make happen for other people, God will make those things happen for you. You know, many times people have rejected people based on one weakness. And you've cut yourself from that person. And you could have made one phone call and your problem would have been solved. Talking now when you reject a person based on a weakness. They have one weakness and ten strengths, now you reject them. I'm not talking about people that are rebellious. I'm not talking about troublemakers. People that always divide and subtract in your life, get them out of your life. If it walks like a duck, swims like a duck, quacks like a duck, flies like a duck, it's a duck. No, I'm praying and fasting for you to be a swan. You're the one who needs the deliverance. You can see a troublemaker a mile away. person with an unrepentive heart and spirit they will always be judging, always be complaining. Even if you make things happen for them, they'll still murmur and complain. You should have done it better. Why only like this? Here's the key. What you make happen for other people, God will make happen for you. A matter of fact, 
when you make things happen for other people and you bless other people, you are blessing God. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to give you one testimony and I'm going to read one scripture. We're in this building project and you know it. And I said, God, help me. What should I do that we can be more prepared when we move into the new building? Lord, we're going to need new leaders to help us. We're going to need men around us. We're going to, I'm going to need wisdom. We're going to need knowledge. We're going to have to just do everything better. What should I do to be more ready? Most people will say, well, get some people's CVs and see what's going on and just get them and hire them. You know what God said to me? He said, God, what should we do to be more ready? He said, you want to be more ready? Tell you what you need to do. Print out the pictures of the pastors around you here. Print out the pictures and the names of the churches of all the men of God with big churches and start praying for them. If you want godly counselors around you, pray for them for godly counselors around them. If you want more wisdom, pray for them for more wisdom. If you want strong leaders around you, pray for them for strong leaders around them. Because what you make happen for other people, God will make happen for you. And there's no greater way of expressing your love for somebody by praying for them and bringing them before God. There's some men doing some wonderful things for God in this country. I've got their names there, their church's names there. I'm praying for them. We've even got them at the men's prayer on a Thursday night now to pray for them. Matthew 25, verse 35. For when you saw me hungry, you fed me. When you found me thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I had no place to stay, you invited me in. And when I was poorly clothed, you covered me. When I was sick, you tenderly cared for me. And when I was in prison, you visited me. Then the godly will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty and give you food and something to drink? When did we see you with no place to stay and invite you in? When did we see you poorly clothed and cover you? When did we see you sick and tenderly care for you? Or in prison and visited you. And the king will answer them. Don't you know. When you cared for one of the least important of these. My little ones. My true brothers and sisters. You demonstrated love for me. Family. A Christian is known by his love. Let us ask God to fill us with his love. Until it overflows to others. Sila. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.